Hi, and welcome to the unintentionally misleading five minutes of rum. Notes on rum, a few minutes at a time. My name is Kevin Updegrove. Up in episode 14 is going to be a look at a key tiki cocktail ingredient, Gold Virgin Islands Rum, uh, this case in the form of Cruzon Aged Dark Rum. I've also got two recipes for grenadine, and then I'll mix the blood of the Kapu Tiki. So before we get started on the Gold Virgin Islands Rum, um, I'd like to take a moment and thank uh, listeners for the ratings they've left in the iTunes store, as well as the reviews. Um, I've also gotten some very positive comments on Tiki Central, uh, some email, and some tweets. So um, it's great to hear that people are actually finding the show, finding the podcast, and not only finding it, but finding it interesting and worth listening to. So thank you very much um, if you've provided feedback. Um, really, really much appreciated, like hearing from listeners. So up in this episode, I want to talk a little bit about Gold Virgin Islands Rum. So much like the rums in episode 12 and episode 13, this is a Spanish-style rum, um, sometimes also referred to as a Cuban-style rum. Um, so it has you know, a lot of the same characteristics of those rums. A lot of them are from the same region, um, and they all share similar manufacturing methods and, and characteristics. You know, There's a little bit of aging to them. They're typically columns, uh, column distilled. Uh, even with the aging, they're going to have a really light body. Um, and gold Spanish style rum is a very common cocktail ingredient, uh, you know, not just in tiki recipes, but since that's primarily my focus, that's where I see it most often. Um, and typically it manifests itself in a recipe as a gold Puerto Rican rum, but um, any sort of ron or rum from a Spanish speaking region typically will, will work well with each other. So again, I, and I have a, a page on the five minutes of rum website on substitutions, but generally speaking, uh, Spanish style rums. If you have a Puerto Rican rum, you can change that with a gold Dominican rum or, or in this case, a gold Virgin Islands rum. Um, this is one of those, um, just, you know, when you're first starting out and you want to build up your repertoire or your, uh, I guess your rum shelf for mixing, um, a gold Spanish style rum is definitely one you want to have on your, um, at your disposal. Uh, the big brand in this category is Bacardi. Um, just like with the silver Spanish style rum, but there are many options that you have. Um, again, so talking a little bit about the region, if you look at a map of the Caribbean, you'll see why rums from Puerto Rico, Cuba, the Dominican Republic, and the Virgin Islands, you know, can be very similar. The region is close to, uh, close in climate with, you know, all those countries sharing a, a very, uh, small region and they share, uh, the same primary production method. So this is why they make good substitutions for each other. So long as you don't start mixing light rums with gold and amber rums, you want to at least get the colors straight in your in your recipes and not substitute one for the other. Um, and then as you start to branch out from this central or from this location in the Caribbean, the rums start to look similar, but they do taste different because of uh, different production methods, different climate, different soil. So as you move out from here, you might find you know you get to Barbados or you get to Jamaican, which Jamaica, which isn't terribly far away. And the rum may look similar, but it'll actually taste very different because you start to get into different production methods. Um, on the Vir U.S. Virgin Islands, uh, Cruzon is the largest selling rum. Um, I think there might be uh, multiple different ways to pronounce Cruzon. Um, I tend to pronounce it just like it looks, probably because I don't know any better. Although I have heard that on the Virgin Islands, um, it might actually be pronounced closer to Cruzon. But um, old habits are hard to break. Uh, and until I visit the actual distillery and get told otherwise, I think I'm going to go ahead and go with the instinctual cruise on. Um, and actually on the U.S. Virgin Islands, there are no more sugar plantations on the island. So in order to manufacture this rum, molasses is brought in to produce it. Uh, the rum is produced and aged at the distillery. So specifically, cruise on aged dark rum 
Uh, if you look on the Cruise On website, which are, it's linked, uh, I've linked to that in the show notes. It is a blend of rums aged between two to four years and aged into or aged in charred oak casks. Uh, their verbiage on their website is that the rum delivers a smooth, full-bodied aromatic taste with every slow sip. Uh, so, you know, if you think back to some of the descriptions on some previous episodes that manufacturers have put on their websites, this is actually fairly light on details um, and a little bit atypical of what you would normally find on a rum manufacturer's website. Uh, the rum itself is column distilled and it's bottled at 80 proof or 40% alcohol by volume. Uh, this is a pretty cost-effective rum, which you would expect from a mixer. It's nowhere near the bottom shelf, but you can get a 1.75 liter bottle for about $19 and probably get the 750 milliliter bottle, depending on where you shop and if you find it on sale, for anywhere from, you know, between $13, $14, I think is what I normally pay. Um, this is, um, for me, this is my standard substitution for any recipe that calls for gold Puerto Rican rum. Uh, again, I have a rum substitutions page that I'm working on over on the five minutes of rum.com website. Um, and that's, you know, pretty much, I don't think I really have any gold, true gold Puerto Rican rum in stock. This is pretty much the one that I substitute for it. In terms of appearance, um, in the glass, this is fairly light for a quote unquote dark rum. Um, though it's marketed as a dark rum, it's dark in the sense that next to silver, it's not clear. Uh, but this isn't something you would mistake for a true dark rum, like a dark Jamaican rum. It's actually a, a fairly light amber in the glass and in the bottle. Um, it's also fairly thin bodied and, and you know, quick legs when you swirl it in the glass, uh, which move quickly down the glass. Um, again, showing that it's fairly light bodied in terms of the rum. The aroma, um, I found it a little astringent when smelled and a little bit of burn on the nose. Uh, dry, um, not really picking up any notes of sweetness. Um, and I also don't pick up any particular flavors or any spice elements. Um, however, you know, through the process of tasting this rum, I kind of set the glass aside, picked it back up about five minutes later and just sort of idly sniffed without actually trying to find any aromas. And that time I picked up vanilla. So maybe the trick on some of these is really not to concentrate too much. In terms of taste, um, you know, based on what I expected from the nose, it was actually smoother. Uh, not a whole lot of flavor on the tip of the tongue, but it develops a little bit as, you know, as you swirl it and as you swallow. Uh, I struggle to, to pick up any particular characteristic, but maybe a little bit of wood from the barrel aging, and then maybe a tiny hint of lemon peel, you know, in the background, but it was kind of fleeting. And I kind of, you know, it's, I might've just been looking for something and found that, um, or thought I found that. In terms of finish, um, almost nothing on the finish. I kind of forgot I had swallowed the rum. Um, after a couple more sips, as I tasted, a little bit of warmth began to creep up from the back of the throat. But again, pretty pretty easy or next to nothing on the finish. Um, you know, to summarize this rum, I would characterize this rum strictly as an ingredient. Uh, not that, that that's necessarily a, a bad thing, but I wouldn't try to make this rum into something that it's not. Uh, it's a workhorse in my home bar, especially at the price that you can get it for. And I'm not really likely to sip it neat. Um, but because so many of these, you know, classic tiki cocktails call for a gold Puerto Rican or a gold Virgin Islands rum, it's kind of a must have. Um, if you are only buying rum to buy or to drink rum neat, I would probably pass on this rum. And then one other tip on this rum, um, because it's particularly cost effective. Um, and since you are mixing presumably at home and now you're not in a bar, um, I would recommend buying a 750 milliliter bottle. Once you've used that subsequently buy the 1.75 uh, or 1.75 liter size or the handle, and then refill that more user-friendly 750 milliliter bottle. Um, it's 
an even more economical way uh, to stock a already well-priced rum. Because I think, again, it's only a, a couple bucks difference to get the handle size and you're getting a full liter more of it. So in anticipation of this episode's recipe, the blood of the Kapu Tiki, um, I wanted to talk a little bit about grenadine and what makes or what grenadine is and what it isn't. Uh, so grenadine is a dark red syrup made from pomegranates. Um, adding it to cocktails adds sweetness, tartness, the pomegranate fruit flavor, and very importantly, color. The name pomegranate comes from the medieval Latin or comes from medieval Latin and means seeded apple. Uh, grenadine's name is derived from the old French word for the pomegranate, which was palm grenade, and I'm sure I'm butchering the French because I don't speak it. Uh, the French used the word grenada for the fruit, uh, or the French using the word grenada for the fruit came from soldiers remarking that it was similar in shape and appearance to a grenade. So as such, the syrup derived from the pomegranate becomes grenadine. Um, unfortunately, over time, the pomegranate origin of the syrup was lost, and so what grenadine is not is it's not just a generic red sugar syrup. Um, because that has essentially none of the fruit's character. It's just a simple syrup with red food coloring. Um, because of that, and because that's what you can find nowadays, almost no commercially available grenadine is worth the few dollars that you'd pay for it. Uh, so if you're not going to make your own and you have a recipe that calls for grenadine, I'm almost inclined to say um, just reach for another recipe that doesn't use grenadine. Uh, there is one exception I can recommend to making your own grenadine as opposed to commercial grenadine, and that would be from usual suspect BG Reynolds. His is the only, uh, I would say commercial, you know, something that you're buying from somebody else, grenadine that I've tried that I've liked. His hibiscus grenadine is very good quality as you might expect from some of his other products. Um, and I have a link to that in the show notes. Otherwise I would say make your own or use a non grenadine recipe. Now the recipe for grenadine that I've been using for years comes from the uh, website, a mountain of crushed ice, which we've talked about, uh, here before. A very great a very great website for uh, cocktail research and cocktail recipes, and the recipe that was that is on that website, which I've linked to in the show notes, uh, gives you a grenadine that has you know a very good body. Very, it's a hibiscus grenadine, uh, very deep red color, and you know works very well in cocktails. Really adds a lot when you use it. So um, I've linked to that. I'll recap the recipe a little bit. Um, it's it's not super labor intensive, but it requires a little bit of work to, because you're using fresh pomegranate. Um, and essentially you're taking those fresh pomegranates, um, breaking them apart and getting at the seeds inside. And you have to separate the seeds from the membrane inside. So if you've ever seen a, a picture of a pomegranate or if you've had one, you know, just if you had a pomegranate, you know, they can be a little difficult and a little bit messy. Um, there is a good way to separate pomegranate seeds from the membrane, which is to do that underwater the seeds will sink and the membrane will float and then you can separate those two fairly easily. So you, you know, you've mixed those fresh seeds in with a one-to-one -one mix of sugar syrup in a sauce pot um, over low heat and then add in some dried hibiscus flowers. The dried hibiscus flowers uh, sort of give it a, a one-two punch of floral notes plus a really deep red color. Um, and the longer you let that sit once it's done, you know, cooking for a couple minutes, uh, the deeper that red color will be. And you end up with a really, really good grenadine that's true to its pomegranate roots and has, um, you know, that red, deep red color that you're looking for in a cocktail. Now, recently, very recently, I was given a link to the uh, second grenadine recipe that I'm going to talk about here. Uh, listener Rick from Holland sent me a link to um, Jeffrey Morgenthaler's website, and he is a noted bartender, mixologist, and bar manager at least I, I think he's still the bar manager at Clyde Common in Portland, Oregon. Um, and I hadn't really searched for other grenadine recipes, but I was intrigued when I read this one because it says, hey, 
I'm going to show you how to make a grenadine and I'm going to tell you that I like stuff that's good and I like stuff that's easy. Um, and so I, you know, give his recipe a once over, um, was interested in trying it and then tried it earlier today. And so his, his recipe differs in that he splits a pomegranate and rather than separating out the seeds, he just uses a, essentially a stand, you know, mechanical or, you know, stand juicer, juices the pomegranates, mixes that with sugar, uh, warms up the juice enough to mix it with sugar, and then adds pomegranate molasses and some orange flower water. Pomegranate molasses, as you might imagine from the name, is a, you know, a thick sugar product, a molasses that's made from pomegranate and sort of boost that concentrated pomegranate flavor inside the um, inside the grenadine. So I made this one today. Um, I found it as as just as advertised, very easy, very quick. I think it took me about five minutes, um, and ended up with a really really nice grenadine. Actually, you know, both of them are really good. I found that the when putting them together, uh, the end result recipe number two, the one from Jeffrey Morgenthaler, uh, was very tasty. Had a really really fresh flavor from the fresh squeezed juice and from the pomegranate molasses. Um, and that's probably the one that I would recommend starting out and making if you have the means to juice the pomegranate, uh, because it comes together so quickly. Um, I found the hibiscus grenadine from a mountain of crushed ice to have a deeper red color. There might be some ways to experiment with the recipe number two to give it a little bit darker color, but by and large, um, you're not going to go wrong with either one of them. Um, and I'll probably continue to make them, you know, both, um, depending on how much time, um, I have to put them together. Um, so Either way, you're going to do well to make your own grenadine. Um, I would you know, recommend either one of those recipes wholeheartedly, and they're both linked to in the show notes. The recipe in this episode is called The Blood of the Kapu Tiki. Um, this is a drink that was created by tiki artist and tiki historian Bosco. There's a link to his website in the show notes and a photo of some of his mugs um, and his art. Uh, definitely check out his work if you aren't familiar with it. And this recipe is found in, you guessed it, Beach Bunbury Remixed. Um, and then I probably should mention this, which I haven't mentioned before, but there is a app version of Beach Bumberry's uh, book. It's it's not all inclusive. In other words, it's not everything that's in Beach Bumberry Remixed, but there is an app called Tiki Plus, which is available for the iPhone and the iPad and the App Store. And I've linked to that as well. Um, and that's a really good sort of carry along reference guide. Um, again, not everything from Beach Bumberry Remixed, but a very good number of drinks um, and probably a good thing to have on your iPhone if you have one. So the name itself, uh, kapu in Hawaiian is either, you know, sort of loosely translated as forbidden or taboo. Um, and this is a nice exotic name for a really nice punch. It's actually sneakily strong as well. So if you're not careful, it may come up and, and bite you. Um, the recipe, the recipe is a, a punch recipe that sort of makes enough for four to six people, but you can also scale it down by a third and make it into roughly a single cocktail. It's a little bit of a, a bigger single cocktail, but it does scale down if you divide everything by three. And the recipe itself is three ounces of lime juice, fresh lime juice only, please. Three ounces of grapefruit juice, three ounces of orange juice, three ounces of uh, homemade grenadine, three ounces of sugar syrup, 10 ounces of amber rum, in this case, using the uh, gold uh, rum from the US Virgin Islands, the Cruzon amber aged rum, uh, one half teaspoon of Perno. Uh, I'll talk about Perno in a future episode, but it is a, uh, a licorice flavor, uh, a licorice flavored liqueur that is used in very small, uh, very small quantities. Again, you notice the, what the recipe calls for so far, and this is only half a teaspoon. So a little goes a long way. And then three dashes of Angostura bitters, um, fill a pitcher with crushed ice and then add in all of those ingredients. 
and swirl until a frost appears on the outside of the pitcher and then pour that into glasses and serve. Um, I think I, let's see, I have one right here. Mm. It's good. You can really taste the bitter from the grapefruit juice, but because of the grenadine and the sugar syrup, there's uh, a bit of sweetness to it as well. Again, thinking back to the grenadine, when I've made this with the grenadine from a mountain of crushed ice, I get a little bit of a darker red color, which is nice. In this case, um, using the, the grenadine I just made today, it's a little bit lighter color. Uh, so, you know, I might, maybe I'll mix the two of them together next time. So that's it for this episode. Thank you for listening. Show links are up on the five minutes of rum website. That's number five minutes of rum.com. The show is also on iTunes as five minutes of rum on iTunes. You can subscribe. You can rate the show, even leave a review there. Uh, the show is also on Twitter as at five minutes of rum. That's at symbol number five minutes of rum. Please send in any comments, corrections, feedback, or requests via the five minutes of rum website or on Twitter. And now go get some rum.